Welcome to the Freedom Chaser Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, meet Misty Hasenstab. She's a full-time entrepreneur, a real estate investor, business and mindset coach, as well as being a wife and a new mom. She has experience in wholesaling, fix and flips, rentals, and new construction slash development. And her mission is to bring as much value, impact, education, and support to the female investor community as possible. But of course, she's open-minded. Males out there, she's here to help you as well. Misty, thank you so much for joining us. Could you just take us back to the beginning of your journey? Like, how did you get started real estate investing? And what kind of activities were you doing on a daily basis in order to get it rolling? Sure. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. Um, I love, as you kind of, you know, shared in the intro sharing, right? So, so let's get in there. Let's talk all the things. And um, so how did I get started? So it's actually a pretty funny story is I had zero interest in real estate and real estate investing. And my husband, um, he had studied it and studied it and studied it. And for as long as I can remember, we're, we're about to celebrate 20 years. And he um, had grandparents on both sides of his family that had big rental portfolios. And uh, he was always very interested in it. Oddly enough, his parents never did anything with real estate investing, but that didn't, you know, that didn't stop him. And uh, we were climbing the corporate ladder. We were working for a general contractor. He was doing civil engineering. So he has a construction background. His dad actually just retired. Um, he had a construction or a concrete construction company. Uh, so lots of experience, you know, in, in that world um, and as a civil engineer, and I was doing HR, HR and business for the same general contractor. And we were both not happy. We were tired of working a million hours for somebody else. And um, we were about to, we were basically deciding what we were going to do. We were living in Hawaii at the time and on a project. Um, and it was awesome, but it was time for a change. And we decided to leave our corporate jobs, travel for a while and move to beautiful Texas, where we have been for the last six years and start our real estate investing journey. Well, he was going to start the real estate investing journey. I was going to do um, HR. And we, we went to Austin and he signed us up for a three-day event. You know, there's a bunch of those out there, right? And he said, well, I just spent $1,000 and we're going to this thing. And I said, you did what? You know, we, we just moved here. We have no jobs. We have, you know, what? And I was furious. We actually got into a fight the night before. I'm like, I'm not going to this thing. This is stupid. This is your thing. Da, da, da. So I go and I am totally hooked. I'm like, I want in. This is awesome. I can totally use my HR skills, my business skills. Let's build this business. Let's do it together. And he was shocked and obviously happy at the same time. So we both decided to stop looking for another job because we were going to go into a job that we just left. What is the point there, right? And we said, let's do this. Let's go all in. If worse comes to worse, we have to go back to corporate America let's, let's, you know, let's really give this a go. So fortunately, you know, six years later, um, we celebrated six years of entrepreneurship in November of last year. Um, we have not had to go back to work. We will never go back to work. And, um, basically we started our journey doing some flips. Um, we really wanted to get into new construction, um, and development. That was more of my husband's background. And so we did get into some projects 
but we were equity and they were larger projects that we weren't going to get paid for a while. So then I started wholesaling because we had to put food on the table and a roof over our head, obviously. Well, we actually, did not have that you paycheck. Oh, yeah. Second. Sorry. Just one second. Yeah. I need to get into yeah. this. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Get into it. I said, let's get into had, it. Let's do it. You had mentioned, you had mentioned how much you were fighting him about how much he wasted his money. You didn't want to go to this oh, yeah. event. And then you oh, go yeah. to the event and then all of a sudden you flip the switch. And you're like, okay, we got to do this. And I'm just trying to think of a scenario where this happened to me in real life. But like, this has never happened to me. My wife has always won everything. Um, so <laughs> did he gloat? Like, what, what was your uh, husband's response to this? Because I would be basking in the glory of that for, for probably the rest of my life. That's awesome. I love that. That's a great question. You know, I think I think he knew deep down that once I understood what this was about and how what I love to do, which is help people, how I could really bring that in and my human resources skills, my business skills, all of that. I think, you know, it's so funny is like our spouses can tell us, but we're like, eh. But if somebody else tells us, then it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah. So fortunately, he, he never gloated or, or anything. Yeah, yeah. And he just was super excited that I was so excited because I was always going to support, you know, his journey. And, mm -hmm. and um, it, you know, we always said, oh, we're, we'd never go into business together. It's too complicated and whatever. And it's like, now look at us, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, I, I literally remember it like it was yesterday, how the argument we got into the night before. I was like, I'm not going. And I mean, now, thank goodness well, that I did, obviously. But so I didn't I know what see, I didn't know, you know. Yeah, I just thought there was a lot of beauty in that. Because first off, most people probably wouldn't admit that they argued and they didn't want to go to it in the first place. <laughs> and second off, not only did you admit you were wrong, like almost right away, but you're like, we need to do this. Um, mm -hmm. So. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, just, I just love your transparency. So let's bring us back Thank to where you. we were going before. So you were about to talk wholesaling. Let's go back down yeah. that road. Yeah. Thank you so much for answering my question. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm all about the honesty because, I mean, it's real life, right? It's So that's part of why we've been together 20 years too, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we, we were super excited about these projects. We ended up moving to Houston a year after um, starting to do our investing in Austin because it's a little more difficult to build in Austin. There's a lot more red tape and permitting and zoning in Houston. Um, it's kind of starting to get like that now, but, um, you know, it was a little more free for us to, to build what we wanted to build. And so we started building these, these beautiful townhome communities. But like I said, we weren't going to get paid uh, until they were built and sold. Um, and when you're building six or 12 at a time, um, you know, that's going to take a little while. So I started wholesaling and it was the best thing I've ever done. I originally thought wholesaling is not investing. I thought, oh, that's not, you know, nope, I'm never going to do that. And I moved to Houston and teamed up with another investor on a wholesale deal because I was here in Houston and he was in Can I pause you again? Yeah, yeah. Why did, because I used to think the same way. Now mm -hmm. I kind of see like the wholesaler is the person that's bringing the most value to the equation. But <laughs> I used to mm -hmm. think the same way. I'm like, hey, that's like a slimy dude that's trying to steal somebody's house. Um, mm -hmm. Like what changed your, your mindset on that? Because for me, it was somebody else providing value to the seller and at extreme capacity. Um, but let's get your perspective. I'd love to hear. Right. I think I, I thought... Um, well, the program that we joined didn't really talk about wholesaling. So again, it was like, it, you don't know what you don't know, you know? And it was, 
let's get right into deals. Let's get right into flips and, and rentals and all of that. And that was fine. And, and we, we did that, but we didn't love it. We did some flips and it just was like, eh. And so when I did a wholesale deal, that was where I realized that like my, my people skills came in. Um, and I was in and out of that deal quickly and I did well. I think my first, my, my split on that was like $7,000 and that happened, you know, within a few weeks. And I was just like, Hmm. And I, I think I thought to be a true investor, you have to actually purchase the property yourself. I did not realize the value and the relationship building and the skill set that I had to be that middleman in a sense, to build the relationship with the seller, to build the relationship with the buyer and the value that I was providing. Just like you said, like I did not, I didn't know what I didn't know. And once I did it, I was like, wow, I'm good at this and I enjoy this. And if the point of what I'm doing right now is to bring in income, right? And not wait for a flip to be done and sold in six months then this is kind of perfect because, you know, I can close multiple deals. And even if I'm only making, you know, a couple thousand dollars here and there, I, you know, it just, it really made sense. And so I started door knocking pre-foreclosures and that's where I learned everything to know about pre-foreclosures. And that again was where it was like, I'm really helping these people through a difficult time. I used to deal with distressed employees as an HR manager, and now I'm dealing with distressed, you know, homeowners. And so I was just starting to see my skill set uh, or skill sets or whatever you want to, you know, just really come out. And um, relationship building is a big thing for me. And I loved building the relationships with the sellers and I love building the relationships with the buyers and providing that value. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest like aha moments that I had was, I think this was early on in my wholesaling. Um, I, I was a new buyer that I was building a relationship with. Now I'm very close to her. We've actually done some, some coaching together. Her name is Camille Davis. I love her to death. She is amazing when it comes to creative financing and sub two, and she's she's teaching women how to do that too. But her and her husband came to look at a property that I was wholesaling, and it was the first time anybody said to me, oh my gosh, you know what you're doing. Do you realize how rare that is to find a wholesaler that actually knows what they're doing? Your numbers are spot on, your comps, your rehab estimate, like they were shocked. And I was just like, really? Okay, I think I could like, really kind of sell this and promote this. You know what I mean? Like, and I was just doing what I thought was right. There was, you know, I'm like, I need to know my numbers. I need to understand and, and present it accurately. And mm -hmm. I realized when you become a, a good wholesaler, that is rare to find. It is. And so I have buyers reaching out to me all the time wanting deals because they know that it's going to be a very smooth transaction. And so yeah. that is what I teach all Let of the just women that comment real quick and then you can Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. said value like a hundred times. And that's why you are a good wholesaler, because you are providing value to the seller and to the buyer. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're the middleman, but you're very necessary to this whole equation because yep. if the seller doesn't get what they need, the buyer doesn't get what they need. So nobody gets what they need and nobody wins. But you're able to create a scenario where everybody wins and all of a sudden everybody's problem is solved. And when you do that well, you could make very good money as a wholesaler and mm -hmm. still be ethically very ethical. Yes. So, I mean, that's Absolutely. the problem. Like there's a ton of unethical wholesalers out there and there's 
as you said, the majority of them don't know their numbers. Oh my God. If I go through my list of wholesaler leads that come at me, I'm like, okay, your ARV is wrong. Your as is value is wrong. Your repair number is wrong. All but of it wrong. <laughs> the rare ones that get it right. I mean, just, just getting it right makes you stand out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, you know, majority of the women that I work with in the beginning, they do need to wholesale to build capital. And that is the number one thing that I stress is like, they're like, well, I don't, you know, if I, if I'm not buying it, why do I need to? And I'm like, no, you need to know, you need to know this deal as if you are buying it, as if you are the buyer, you need to understand the numbers like in, and then, cause eventually they all want to be the buyer too. Right. So that's helping build their confidence and building their relationships um, with these buyers who maybe you could partner with uh, at some point, or maybe they will lend to you at some point, or, you know, again, back to the relationship building, you know, side of things. But that was where it was like, I kind of had an aha moment of like, okay, now I, I'm really utilizing my skill set and I'm providing immense value, you know, like you said, to both sides with the seller, educating myself on the foreclosure process, how it all works, how to truly help them. And then, you know, build the relationship with the buyer and provide deals to them, you know, and I can get in and out of deals extremely quickly now uh, because I have those relationships, you know, and I know what I'm doing. Like just, you know, <laughs> simply put it, like I know what I'm doing and I love being able to share that and teach that because I do fear, you know, there's so much out there. Oh, learn how to wholesale off TikTok and this and that and da, 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 da. You don't really need to know anything about investing to get into. And I just, I don't like that. I'm like, I'm all about education. I'm all about, even if you're the one not buying the property, you need to know all of it like you are. You just do. That's the well, professional you thing to real do. Big trouble if you're in the wrong state. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing I say is like anybody that I'm coaching, you know, if you're not in Texas, I know the Texas laws. You need to check your laws in your state to make sure that you can legally wholesale and how to go about it. Um, because, yeah, it, yeah there's, you could. there's a bunch of states where you could get in big trouble. Like my, I'm in Illinois. You could do one. Without a license, but anybody doing more than one deal, a year needs to be licensed. It's actually considered a broker's really? activity. Yeah. Um, oh, so, wow. And I, you need I to move to Texas. I think Philadelphia is where, well, I'm licensed anyway. So it's <laughs> okay. All right. It's already yeah. there. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Pennsylvania's got some weird laws too. But yeah, anybody listening to TikTok, yeah, they better at least so. have an attorney to look over that contract because um, mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. get in really big trouble <laughs> if you just jump into something like that without any knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all education is power. Knowledge is power. Um, and I mean, professionalism, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, so we don't want to be shady in this industry. We don't, or at least I don't. And the people that I'm working with don't want to either. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I got started there. And then we've just moved more towards new construction and now development on the side of development. We're doing some um, subdivision development, commercial development. Uh, and, you know, so my husband is, he loves building stuff. <laughs> so he's focusing on that. And I get to do what I'm super passionate about, which is helping other women um, build and launch their, their real estate investing businesses and building their, what I call their CEO mindset. So it's, it's been a very exciting journey and it's been hard. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe it's supposed to be easy. Otherwise everybody would be a successful real estate investor, but, um, looking back, I wouldn't change anything of how we did it, how we learned, you mm -hmm. know, just all of it's been such an amazing 
um, learning opportunity, growth opportunity. It's, it's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're definitely going to dive into this topic, but first, yeah. um, you had mentioned something that I think was very important. You might not have even noticed how awesome it was, but you were talking about how you were able to utilize your previous skills in HR mm -hmm. and you were able to use those already established skills and transition them into this new industry. Um, and then you also kind of said it was really kind of a self-discovery process which I think mm -hmm. is pretty much the whole game in an entrepreneurship in general. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> like the better you understand sure. yourself, the better you're going to understand your business because who's running it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the question, cause that's kind of more of a statement is, were there any steps or methods that you used in order to assist you in helping you discover your best skill sets or did you just stumble upon it? A little bit of both, I would say. Um, I remember going to networking events in the beginning, pretty intimidated, right? We're brand new to this. We're brand new to Texas. Yes, we have a construction background, but it's nothing in residential. Um, and I, you know, we first would introduce ourselves as, oh, we're new. And then of course, nobody wants to talk to you. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Nobody wants to talk to you. So we stopped doing that and we started in, in, you know, introducing ourselves and talking about our, our skill sets and like, you know, how we have, we are doing this full time and we have time where a lot of other people don't. So, you know, and how I, you know, worked in human resources and Jason was a civil engineer and how, you know, we're, we're good at certain things. And so people started talking to us, you know, I had a lot of people come up to me that were didn't have time to door knock or cold call or were scared to. And I, I'll go talk to anybody. I have no fear there. Um, and a lot of people came up to Jason and were like, oh, you have construction experience, right? And so we kind of started utilizing that uh, at, to our advantage at the networking events. And that worked really well. And then when, when I started working with coaches myself, that was something that, that I learned was was to take, it's almost like you're borrowing your confidence, your expertise, your knowledge in what you know, right? We, we, we work, we climb corporate ladders, whatever it is, even if we're just mothers or, or, or parents, right? There's skills there and we can borrow that and apply it to entrepreneurship or real estate investing or something brand new that we've never done. And I never really understood that concept like fully until one of my coaches, Deidre Kiesling, she was my first real like one-on-one -on -one coach. She introduced that and I was just like, my mind was blown a little bit because we're always so, this is new, this is new, this is new. And yes, it is. But if we can borrow that and pull over, you know, the skills and the confidence, it's not as scary. It's like, okay, I'm going to focus on the things that I'm really good at. And I can present myself in that way to be a potential partner or add value to somebody. And then I'm going to really grow in the other, you know, areas that I need, you know, education or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to grow that, but I'm going to really stand firm in what I can provide and, and, and the value. Right. And so, um, I just love looking at it in that way because it does ease your mind a little bit of, okay, this is new, but 
but I actually like have a leg up here. You know what I mean? I, I'm great with people. I'm not nervous around people. I love building relationships. I've dealt with distressed employees for years and years and years. Let's use that. Let's use that to our advantage and and see where it takes us. And it, you know, it really brought us a lot of opportunity. And so um, I definitely share that as much as possible, you know, so that other people can really look at what is my skill set? What am I good at? Where, what are my strengths? And let's really like lean into that. And then we can build up the other stuff. Yeah. I, I think you mentioned something super important too. I mean, you, you even almost said this almost like in a backhanded way, like motherhood. And it's like, you know, I'll tell you this right now. I will be a better real estate investor than I will ever be a mother forever. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> really? You mother, think so? <laughs> is, it's actually a tremendously difficult skill to have. Um, but a lot of people don't see that. A lot of people don't see how that skill set can transcend mm -hmm. just motherhood, right? So, <laughs> like, right. Um, yes. So, it's important yes. to even think about the little things. Or people think they're little, but they're actually huge. It's very difficult to be a good father or mother. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you can certainly leverage the skill set that you built there. So, I'm glad that you did well, it. And I will say, I, I used it the opposite direction. So, you know, I just had a baby in April of last year and I, it was, it was scary. It still is a little scary, right? I mean, she's only going to be 10 months. And there were multiple times where I was like, oh, I remember feeling this when we first got started in real estate investing. Like, I remember this nervousness. I remember just feeling so unprepared and so, you know, so new. And I really leaned into like, what, you know, what were the things that I did and how did I how did I help myself? And I it's like, what skill sets do I have in entrepreneurship that I can bring over to motherhood to give me a little more confidence? Like I literally did the reverse of that and it totally worked. Of course. It like it really totally worked. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and it still helps me to this day. <laughs> the same thing. Any new venture mm -hmm. that you're in, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was absolutely brilliant. I love that you used it in the <laughs> inverse too. Um, right? I know. Really cool. This is really cool. Um, Cause we didn't plan that guys. I promise. Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Oh, so, was funny. Um, so, Misty, um, you had talked about your mindset about failures before the call. So, I would love to just get into your mm -hmm. philosophy in general. So, you don't believe in failures and you're a strong believer in lessons learned. And I'm just going to let you roll with it from here because I know you're going to nail it. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I talk to women all day, every day that are wanting to get into real estate investing. Um, a lot of them for years. I mean, I've talked to women that for 15, 20 years they've wanted to. And the biggest fear that they have is a fear of failure. They also have a fear of success, of somebody saying yes, and what do I do next? And how do I handle multiple projects or this or that? So that's also something just to to mention, but I'll I'll kind of go back to the to the failures. Um uh, fear of failure, you know, we don't want to mess up. A lot of times people that are trying to build businesses are overachievers. We're perfectionists. Um, you know, we, we, we always want to be and do the best. And there is no such thing as perfectionism. Nobody is perfect. And thank goodness for that. We're all a work in progress. We always will be a work in progress. I'm all about growth and development. And so when we have this, this fear of failure, it basically can stop us in our tracks, right? That's where analysis paralysis comes in and we don't actually take action. And obviously you and I both know you could talk real estate investing all day long, but in order to actually build a business, you got to take action. 
So this is something I dive deep into in the coaching that I do because it's the number one reason that women haven't taken action. And I really try to get them to understand or look at it from a different perspective. And um, I don't believe in failures, uh, you know, and that was actually something that that working with a coach um, helped helped me understand as well is there is no such thing as failing. Um, she used to say that if you stop, that's fail, you know, could be considered failing or, you know, you're not failing until you stop. To me, I actually don't even believe that's failure because that's a choice. You're choosing to stop. You're making that decision. Now, could you beat yourself up for the next 5, 10, 20 years over it? Sure. And say, oh, I failed, right? But you made a choice to stop. choice, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. But most people, you know, things get hard. Things get scary. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Like it is a rough road. Yeah, and I say there is a point worth stopping or at least pivoting strategy wise. Right? That's ex- exactly so it's like if you're doing something exactly. that does not fit your skill set. For example, exactly. I was be cold calling people all day. I would hate my life and I would not do very well. Um, <laughs> right. So sometimes right. you need to pivot. But that doesn't Absolutely. mean you need to just change everything. Keep going. You're nailing it. And that doesn't mean you failed, right? If you pivot, you learn. if you change course, if you that does not mean you failed. So it's all about perspective, right? Um, I just, I don't believe in failures. Like to me, if you're making a choice, you're pivoting, you're, it's not a failure unless you literally look at it as a failure. And um, I just, I, what I call failures, right, are growth and learning opportunities. So say a project doesn't go well. We've had projects not go well. We've had partnerships not go well. That's life, right? To me, that's not a failure. That is a growth and learning opportunity. And we will be and do better the next time, you know, and from this moment forward, the next project, the next partnership, whatever it is. So I look at every opportunity as an opportunity, Um, you know, the harder, the better, right? Because the harder ones are actually the ones that provide the most growth and learning opportunities in my opinion. So, so to me, failure is just, it doesn't exist in my world. And, you know, I hope other people can look at it from that perspective and, and hopefully that helps them, you know, ease up a little bit and be able to take, take action because that's what we need to be doing to get the results, right? And to build the confidence. The confidence doesn't just come overnight. Um, you have to take action. You have to get results, and that in turn builds confidence. Uh, so you know we've got to get past the analysis paralysis, or you know stopping in our tracks. And and so you know fear of fear of failure and fear of success. We have to really really talk about that openly and honestly because that really is the number one reason people people say they haven't done what they wanted to do. Um, you know in their lives and their businesses, whatever is fear of failure. Absolutely. Um, so I'd love to dive into this a little bit deeper, especially because you're so passionate about helping women out in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had a guest, <laughs> I think her name was Dr. Erin Helley, and she very statistically gave a very strong argument that numbers wise, women are, are, are superior investors than men, but Ooh, most of them, okay. it's a very good argument, right? Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I listen, that's what I get paid to do, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's not how it is in my house. My husband is way better at numbers than me, and I will totally admit that. But hey, I could see, I could absolutely see where she's coming from. I can totally but, see But I mean, what she kind of hinted at is a lot of women 
kind of fall into this pitfall of the fear of failure and and more so the fear of success thing than men would ever have. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of men that are afraid of success, too. But I think it is more of a burden on women, especially married women, because they don't want to make their husband feel like less of a man or whatever. That's still a thing, right? So I would just love your perspective on whatever statement I just made. Yeah, no, I I love this because um, it's the core reason why I created a coaching program that was specifically geared towards women. Um, I'm going to say it and people can fight me on it. Men are different than women. We just are, right? And I love that. And that's wonderful. That's why we are are compatible. That's why we, you know, we, we work well together and women are emotional creatures. We overthink, we get overwhelmed. We, you know, where men will just take action. Like they will just, you know, sign up for a three-day event, pay a thousand dollars, not talk to your wife. About it. You know what I mean, like they will, where I would never have done that. Right. So we're different. So it needs, we have to have different programs and support and resources and education around this. And so creating Her Mindset Matters REI was was geared around more of the mindset and the emotional side. And um, building your CEO mindset is something that we, we, go, we go deep into because I love that women are emotional creatures, but we need to use it to our advantage, right? We, we need to use it to connect with people, to show people empathy, to build relationships. We don't need to use it to overthink and overanalyze everything and then not do anything, right? So we get so emotional about decisions. Um, you know, for example, oh, I have to find my first deal. I have to, I have to, I have to. We got to take that emotion out of it and let's look at how you run the numbers to determine what a deal is, right? We don't buy a deal because, or get it, you know, put a deal under contract or purchase anything because we have to, right? We do it because it makes sense. And so getting women to understand that that being emotional is is a superpower if used correctly, right? And then taking the emotion out of the situations where we don't need it, like running numbers, like, you know, making offers and things like that. If we can go back to logic versus emotion, then, you know, we can take more action. It makes more sense to us. Um, but, but you know, we're, we just, we learn differently. We do differently. You know, we, we, we're just different. And so that's really why that program was created and why it is women only. And also a big reason is there's a million programs out there and men can join all of them. And so it was, you know, we wanted to create a space where, where women felt very comfortable talking about these things and talking about their fears and talking about, oh my gosh, like, what if I do make more money than my husband? What if I have mom guilt? What if, you know, and sometimes you can't say those sorts of things in front of men, you know, let's just be real honest. I would go to these networking events and there would only be a few women there anyways. And they would kind of sit in the corner and nobody would say anything like none of the women would. And so our first, you know, stab at creating a women only thing was we created a, a women only like Rhea event and it was just free to any women that wanted to come. And I think we had like 40 or 50 women come the first event and they were just like, they felt free. They felt like they could ask any question. They felt like they could, you know, talk about their fears. They felt, and it was just, they they were excited. They were motivated. They were inspired. And it was just like, oh, I want more of this. I want to create more of this for women because we could 
totally kick ass in this industry, but we have to have the right support, the right tools, the re- right resources that are geared toward, more towards the way that we think and the way that we function and, and all of that. So, so that's really where, where my passion for helping women investors, you know, came into play. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And then we'll stick, we'll kind of push it away from generalities, right? There are certainly hard driving women that are going to be happy to buy a ticket to an event without their husband's advice too. Or Sure, <laughs> so, sure. Oh, I'm sure there are. Oh, I'm sure there are. But generally speaking, I would certainly be more in your husband's line. It's funny how you said it because like you said, women think emotionally. It sounded mm-hmm. like you're like they're anticipating something before it happens. Whereas like if I'm thinking oh, emotionally, absolutely. it's more of an, oh shit, this happened. Um, <laughs> yes. Men will deal with it yeah. after where women are like, oh, we're going to think of every scenario that could go wrong before we even pick up the phone to make a cold call. Right. Yeah. And so it's, that's how we're different. Right. Yeah. And I, I would like to dig a little, I mean, we're kind of running out of time, but I have to ask this question because you you mentioned <laughs> emotional or how emotional women are is like a superpower. And I think yeah. that that empathy in general, especially when you're talking to sellers, wholesaling in general, oh my God, that is absolutely a superpower. So I would just like mm-hmm. to dig a little bit deeper into that question, if you don't mind. Right. Or so just- when 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 I was when I was door knocking pre-foreclosures, so I door knocked pre-foreclosures for like nine months straight, every single day. I was like, I was, I'm in this. And I learned so much from that. And one of the things that I would always ask is, you know, I would see the stack of letters that these people would be receiving um, from other investors. I would literally be at their house and other people would be knocking on their door, you know, trying to say the same thing and or their phone would ring or whatever. And I would say to them, you know, why me? Why did you choose me to help you in this situation? And they would always say, because Misty, you treated me like a human being. You didn't treat me like a property, like a transaction. You put me and my family first, right? And the property second. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And a big part of that is because I'm a woman. Like, and and they wanted to have these conversations, even if it was the men of the household were trying to deal with the situation at hand, it was easier for them to talk to a woman about it. Um, and so- if we can, you know, again, use our emotions, you know, as a superpower and not to get in our own way, that's, that's, it's like, holy moly. I mean, you, you could literally change the way this industry, you know, is runs all of, I mean, there's just so much that, that you can bring to the table so much value there. And I love, you know, pulling that out of the women that I work with and getting them to understand that, you know, them being emotional creatures is, is actually a good thing, but we have to know how to use it. Um, and, you know, it, most of the time they are just allowing it, it's overcoming them, right? It's, they're not using it, it's using them and it's stopping them from really, you know, doing anything to actually use it as a superpower. So we have to just change their mindset around that. And that's where the the concept of the CEO mindset and creating that and making decisions logically versus emotionally in your business. And because those are the, those are the things that are holding them back. Um, and then we use the emotional side in certain situations, like talking to a seller, you know, facing facing foreclosure or, you know, whatever is going, or a family that just lost a loved one, somebody going through a divorce that has to sell a house. I mean, there's so many situations where we can come in and really um, create 
a safe space for these people and make them feel comfortable and not, you know, just like they're a transaction, you know? And, uh, I, I, I take that, like, I really take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And it's a big differentiator too. You'd be surprised. Like it's not always value, right? Um, that creates the differentiator between who gets the deal. It's not always mm -hmm. dollar value. Right. Oh no, because, I've had people say, like, "Hey, that... I'll have movers come in and take all this stuff yep. out for you, yep. and that might only cost me two hundred bucks, but to them, that value might be five thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. But what matters Absolutely. is that they're being taken care of, mm -hmm. and you're solving mm -hmm. their problems. And guess what? That's mm -hmm. how you find deals. Um, Misty, this has been a lot of fun. We are going to have to have you back on without question. Yeah, this has been great. I love it. But awesome. until then. Anybody listening, if they wanted to reach out to Misty Hosden Stubb, what would be the best, the best way for them to do so? So probably the best way is Facebook. Um, I'm all over Facebook. Uh, I love sharing, you know, all sorts of um, tidbits and events and uh, webinars and all that good stuff that I'm doing. Um, a little bit about my coaching program too is on there. So find me on Facebook. If you're curious about what, what I have going on, especially if you're a woman wanting to get involved in real estate or even take your real estate investing business to the next level. I've worked with investors, uh, female investors that way too, that kind of already have things rocking and rolling and they're a little bit stuck. And so um, find me on Facebook. Um, you can also visit my website, which is hermindsetmattersrei.com. Um, and those are those are probably the best best ways to, to get in touch with me. Uh, but I would love to chat with whoever, you know, is curious and wants to know more. Um, let's just chat and see where you're at and where you want to go. And if working together makes sense, cool, let's make it happen. Or if not, maybe I can point you in a direction that would make more sense for you. Like I'm all about providing value. So, so let's, uh, let's connect. Absolutely. There you go, guys. You know where to reach her, Misty Hasenstab. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. I have an assignment for you. Why don't you think about perhaps your biggest failure in life. I want you to deeply analyze it. And instead of thinking about what you did wrong, think about what you could have did better and perhaps learn something from it. Do something or do so within the next seven days. Tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.